It's Saturday, August 26th, and this is Brian with the Morning News. Give us five minutes and we'll give you the headlines you need to know to be in the know. Each of the 19 defendants indicted in the Georgia 2020 election case turned themselves in by noon Friday, the deadline set by the local prosecutor. The bookings capped a tumultuous week that highlighted the conflicting interests facing Mr. Trump and his many co-defendants in the sprawling racketeering case. Mr. Trump, at the top of the indictment alleging a criminal enterprise to keep him in power in 2020, flew to Atlanta and was booked Thursday evening. His mugshot, the first ever taken of a former president, was later released to the public. Mr. Trump's bond was set at $200,000. The indictment alleges that Trump and the others conspired to pressure elected officials to reverse his loss. This is the fourth criminal case filed against Mr. Trump this year. In other news, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell argued for holding interest rates steady for now, but kept the door open to raising them later this year if the economy does not slow enough to keep inflation declining. Powell's heavily anticipated address at the Kansas City Fed's annual symposium underscored how he is trying to thread the needle between restraining the economy enough to reduce price pressures without throwing it into a needlessly severe slowdown. Mr. Powell twice said the Fed would proceed carefully in any further move, signaling he saw little urgency to raise rates at the central bank's next policy meeting in September. Mr. Powell noted recent signs the economy might not be slowing as officials expect. They have anticipated inflation to decline further because they expect the economy to grow below its long-run trend of around 2% over the coming year. Around the world, less than a week after winning the first Women's World Cup in the country's history, Spain's Soccer Federation was in turmoil late Friday over the refusal of its president, Luis Rubiales, to resign after he forcibly kissed a player on the mouth during the team's celebrations. In a news conference at the Federation, the 46-year-old Rubiales accused his critics of attempting to take him down with, quote, false feminism and social assassination, end quote. The player, Jenny Hermosa, had said that the kiss was not consensual. Shortly after President Rubiales's speech, all 23 members of the World Cup winning squad published an open letter stating their refusal to represent the national team again under his current leadership. FIFA, soccer's world governing body, had previously opened disciplinary proceedings against Rubiales on Thursday for offensive behavior, which could lead to a suspension from all soccer activities. Back in the U.S., the Federal Aviation Administration is asking airlines to review safety procedures after a slew of deaths and injuries among airport workers who guide, tow, and push back aircraft. Such alerts by the regulator aren't uncommon for a variety of operations related to air travel and airport operations. The review came after a spate of serious accidents, including several deaths, and amid heightened scrutiny in Congress of safety issues related to such jobs. The move also comes in the wake of a Wall Street Journal investigation earlier this month that found that workplace injuries are rising among the army of ground staff who refuel planes handle baggage, and help move aircraft around the tarmac. The journal analyzed safety data and spoke to executives, workers, union representatives, and safety specialists who blamed the increase on the industry's chaotic rebound from pandemic-era hibernation. And, 
Martin Luther King III will join an expected crowd of thousands of people who are gathering today at the Lincoln Memorial in the nation's capital to commemorate the 60th anniversary of his father's I Have a Dream speech. Organizers of this year's commemoration hope to recapture the energy of the original March on Washington. The original march, which featured MLK Jr. as a centerpiece, helped till the ground for passage of federal civil rights and voting rights legislation in the 1960s. The event kicks off with pre-programmed speeches and performances at 8 o'clock a.m. Eastern. The main program begins at 11. Now you know, and you're ready to go with the morning news. Share this with a friend and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. You can also sign up for our newsletter at themorningnews.com. Thank you for listening.